Welcome to episode 106 of the Untitled Gaming Podcast. My name is Zach, and this week I'm joined by Rick. Rick. And Pat. Ahoy hoy, everybody. I just want to take a minute to actually properly introduce this episode because it's the beginning of Spooktober, everybody. Happy October! No, no. No, no. No, we don't. No, no, no. Yes, we do. Fuck you. Yes, we do. I'm hosting this one, and I don't do the spooky scary, so we're not going to acknowledge Guess it. Guess who's editing it? Because it's it's already in here. You guys are listening to this episode already having been edited. That's how time works. That's how, that's how time works. <laughs> righty. Uh, Chance isn't here. I don't think we're going to come up with some reason why he's not here. He's, he's playing he New World or something. He was scared to death. He has, a, he, has a, he has a newborn child, so it's really hard for him to podcast. Oh, my God. God damn it, man. Like... Fucking if he's savagery. speaking a little bit softer, Rick. that's usually that's probably Rick, why. Tell us, Rick, tell us how you really feel about him not being able to record. <laughs> Jesus. No, no. The truth is, he's just he's just been playing New World nonstop. Technically, not even playing. He's just been stuck in the queue to log in. But I mean, if you put it in the context of Rick having a newborn child and still recording, <laughs> there's really no excuse that's viable anymore. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I did my Mario Golf review like. That week. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> That's commitment right there. And, and just to be clear for anyone in, you know, EOB or, you know, human resources listening, we did not force Rick to do that. <laughs> he offered it <laughs> willingly. <laughs> so, anyways, if this is your first time tuning in, welcome. We are a gaming podcast that aims to entertain as well as inform. We discuss the week's biggest gaming news, game reviews, and impressions, and talk about the gaming industry in general. Um, but of course, we don't only discuss games we occasionally talk about movies tv shows midnight mass everyone go watch it fucking awesome i will do no such thing apparently there's a show on netflix called like squid game which is amazing apparently i haven't seen any of it but apparently it's like they play like a bunch of like funky games that like kids used to play but then like they can get killed during it yeah it's called growing up in the 90s <laughs> i just want you to describe shows you've never seen and what i'm assuming <laughs> never have heard like watched a trailer of suits <laughs> yeah like we did with suits that one time <laughs> that that's like that is all i've seen from twitter somebody was like oh my god they're playing like red light green light and this guy just got gunned down i'm like what show is this <laughs> <laughs> it's life is what it is anyway uh, so this week we'll be discussing uh, the Nintendo Direct that occurred. Uh, but first, what have you been playing? Pat, let's start with you. I do want to start off by saying go uh, listen to my review of Deathloop that posted last week, maybe. Uh, I you know, obviously have beaten Deathloop. I reviewed it and I'm still playing it. I can't wait uh, to keep playing more of it because it is such an awesome game. Even after having beaten the game going back in playing as Juliana just to fuck over people is awesome. So when I was playing the actual campaign, uh, the visionaries who you're hunting would announce everything that's happening. And I was always like, that, that's a really weird choice to have them announce everything that's happening. But then when you play as Juliana and you invade someone's game, the visionaries announcing shit is, is for Juliana to know where the player is. So I, I invaded a game. I was in Updum and, uh, all, all of a sudden, I hear Charlie going, Cole's here, everyone, Cole's here, get him, get him. And I'm like, uh, I know where Colt is now. So I immediately go over there and I like set traps on the the one-way bridge out of Charlie's lair. And I'm just like standing there like watching. I'm like, I know he's going to have to come through here. This is the only way. Like, I don't give a shit if he kills Charlie or not. 
I'm going to kill him as soon as he does. So the guy, uh, when you're playing as Juliana, you're able to masquerade. So you can switch appearances with another NPC. So there's an NPC who's just kind of walking around to the bridge and I switch places with him. And then I just have a sniper off to the side and I see Colt like slowly walk in after he's, you know, I think he killed Charlie and got what he needed to. And I just headshot him right away. He dies once and he spawns back in. And I know he's got at least two lives. Um, or up to two lives. Turns out he had he only had one life because uh, Charlie had killed him once, or somebody over there had killed him once. And uh, he has the invisibility, so he's going invis and slowly like zigzagging in between uh, the bridge to try and get past. But I have like mines set up there, so like three mines go off, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, there he fucking is. So I just like rush at him, and I I don't even shoot. I just melee him to death he must have been so pissed but i had so much fun because this game you're basically so those of you don't know you played the entire campaign as colt trying to solve this giant murder puzzle and kill eight visionaries in a single loop you get familiar with the map you get familiar with what you have to do because you're you know kind of replaying the same areas over and over again all of that is just training for when you're playing as Juliana and now you are just absolutely shredding Colts because you have all the information. You don't have as much weapons when you first start playing as her. You kind of have to like get experience and build up to that. But they have like so many different challenges you can do. Um, killing Colt with mines, killing Colt with turrets, surviving for 10 minutes. Like all of these challenges give you XP, which in turn gives you more powers and stuff to play around with. So I can't wait for zach to play more of it so then i can invade his game and fuck him up yeah that's just been put on the back burner for me just because i've been playing Kenna. yeah there's there's so, so much out but yeah it's highly recommended if you haven't gotten a chance to to play it if you are curious about it go listen to my review and then yeah we didn't talk about it last podcast because we are going to do kind of like a mini discussion about it having played it but psychonauts 2 have you guys dipped into it at all yet no I put in like an hour and a half, two hours. So I have beaten it, and I really, really, really enjoyed this game. Like I didn't, I didn't beat the first Psychonauts because I went back to it before this one came out, and it just it felt a little dated. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to devote however many hours to beat this. I'm just going to jump straight into Psychonauts two, which is good because they give you kind of like a previously on Psychonauts, and it is just it's like a an homage to those old school like. Not not exactly open world, but like smaller, condensed sandbox levels that you can kind of explore, find secrets, but you, it, it's kind of just pushing you through that main narrative, and it is hilarious, and it has some awesome sequences, especially the Jack Black level. Go play that. Like, it's, it's so good. A couple of gripes I did have with it is that your powers are, so you have like six powers. There's only four powers you can equip at once because they're mapped to certain buttons and then you have to switch out powers if you want to, if you want to change it up. But I I don't know why, like, for example, the parachute, I had to map it to the left trigger to like jump and glide. And I'm like, you could have just kept that map to A, have me hold A after I jump and then the parachute comes out and that would have simplified it a little bit. So I wish they could have done that. And played around with the controls a little bit more to give all give you all of your powers at one time instead of having to change up and equip them on the fly and then having to like remap them or whatever. It just felt like a little tedious. But overall, I really love the game. I would probably give it like 
an 8.8 out of 10. Uh, just a little bit, you know, it could have taken a little bit more risks in terms of gameplay and uh, the controls kind of hamper it a little bit, but overall really love the game and definitely go play it. Cause it's, it's hilarious. It's heartfelt. It's, it's an awesome story. So totally, totally dig that. And it is on game pass. So there's that. And then I have started life is strange. True colors. If you played the previous life is strange, you know, they were released episodically. This one, all of them are there. All the episodes, all five of them are available in as one package right at the start. So you can just kind of marathon them through if you want. Uh, I've been kind of piecemealing it like every, I've played it twice so far and it, I played like an episode in like 10 minutes of the next episode, but it is very much a new engine and huge graphical improvements from the previous games. Like the previous games kind of looked a little bit cartoony, ran a little rough. Uh, this one looks phenomenal. Uh, I'm playing on PC, uh, running it at 60 FPS. It looks really great. It runs well so far. I haven't run into any issues in terms of that. Um, there, there was issues in like, you know, characters clipping or like the mouths not uh, lining up in the previous Life is Strange games. None of that is here. Uh, I am really interested in Alex Chen's character. She Her power in this one is that she's an empath. So she can kind of feel other people's feelings and experience the world kind of through their lens. So if somebody's really angry, she at points if they're like super angry she'll get super angry and not be able to control herself so you kind of have to like manage how to calm people down before you can interact with them and stuff you know classic life is strange indie movie here's a you know coming of age story in this pacific northwest town or i guess this one is in colorado but it is very much like that indie movie game that you're playing so uh, i am excited to dig more into that and then finally, I do want to talk about Jet the Far Shore. Uh, we actually did get a review code for this. Uh, the game comes out October 5th. So if you're listening to the, this episode the day it was released, it'll come out tomorrow. I will tell you right off the bat, I did not enjoy this game at all. So I started it. It is, it's kind of like No Man's Sky mixed with like a, almost like a rhythm game. You have to keep the momentum going to kind of keep the exploration going. And uh, so you are, you're playing as May, uh, who is part of the like this civilization that is on this planet that's going endangered. So you have to look for new habitable worlds. And there's something about them searching for what's called the hymn wave. It's, it's really hard to follow the plot right now because they've chosen to uh, have everyone speak this gibberish language that they've made up for the game and just have subtitles. But you're also getting story details as you're trying to pilot your craft. So you have to keep managing like how much thrusters you're doing. Uh, if you're scanning stuff, you have to keep like hitting it, hitting the button to scan it. You have to keep changing uh, what you have equipped, like headlight, grapple, scanner. Um, and then you have to keep like your momentum going to keep not like running into things and keep your speed and everything going. So you're trying to manage all of that. And they're giving you story details in this gibberish language and so you have to read subtitles but it's really hard to read the subtitles as you're trying to manage all this stuff to keep your uh your ship going so like most of the story is just like flying past me no pun intended and 
there is no goal. So you're not earning any XP. You're not like, you know, there are, there are no really objectives on what you need to explore or what you need to do. It's after you do your initial, like, here's the controls, uh, tutorial level. Uh, it's kind of jumps forward like a thousand years in time and you've been in hyperspace or hypersleep or something. And now you're exploring this world and you have to like, look for like the scouting location or whatever on it. And I got to the shore where is where I'm supposed to go for the scouting location. And it's like, okay, explore the shore for 20 minutes. There's a 20 minute timer where you just have to explore and scan stuff. And I'm like, okay, Is it like 20 actual minutes, or 20 like actual minutes? real minutes. Wow. So I'm just going <laughs> around this thing. I've, I, I think I've scanned everything. It's been like six minutes of real time on the shore. And I think I've scanned everything like in this small shore that I'm like moving around on, but the timer's still counting down. And I, I just don't know. I'm like bored beyond my mind. Like it actually made me sleepy. <laughs> I, I literally had to take a nap as I was playing this game. So I'm I'm not loving this at all. Um, I don't know. It's it's just not my type of game. Maybe you know somebody might have like the music is really good and like visuals are good, but performance wise, if you have the camera out the furthest it can go it doesn't really keep up that frame rate. I, I've noticed dips, especially if you got the camera positioned so that it's got half the water and half of the sky and it's trying to render everything at once. I have noticed performance hitches. Um, so you kind of have to keep the camera close if you want to avoid that. There's, there's no goal. There's no like nothing for me to achieve at this point. Uh, I've only put like two hours into the game, so I haven't spent too much time with it, but I don't see myself putting any more time <laughs> into this game because I just don't see the point. So, um, yeah, I would, I would avoid this if I were you guys. Uh, but if you, if that, you know, no man's sky type exploration does appeal to you, you do like the soundtrack is good. I will give them the musical score is really good, especially when you're, when they're like, just let loose and do whatever. Uh, I, I actually went the wrong direction for a really long time because, you're supposed to scan something and then it like tells you which direction to go. And then something else pops up like a, this giant snake popped up. So it's like, okay, spin around and he reacts to light. So do that. And I kind of got turned around and I thought I was going the right direction because when I press the scan button, it didn't scan anything else in my way. But it turns out after I scan it and it's already registered, this is my goal. I have to hold L1 to figure out where it is again on the, the map. So I was going the wrong way. And then like four minutes after I had like went the wrong way, the guy's finally like, Hey, maybe we should recalibrate by pressing L1. And I did. And I'm like, well, fuck, I just wasted four minutes. <laughs> so I had to go back. But if that sounds appealing to you, if that like serene, you know, exploring a planet, keeping the rhythm and the momentum going sounds interesting to you. Maybe it's your type of game, but for me, Definitely not. And I don't think this is interesting. <laughs> so, and then uh, I did play the Halo Flight. So that was last weekend. It is currently going this weekend. But it, I think when you listen to this on the day this is released, you'll have like this will be the last day to play the Halo Infinite Flight. Uh, last week they had they had a new map, Behemoth, and then they had uh, objective game mode. So you could play Capture the Flag. And then they had a. Uh, Secure the zones. What do they call that? Um, is it domination? Oh, like about a domination? No, Halo has a different name for it. 
But is it like domination? No, it's it's basically there's three zones. You have to control two of them at one point to score points. So if you just have one, you're not going to get any points. You have to control two of them at a time to get points. And then they had capture the flag. The maps are the biggest thing. Like Halo 5's maps were okay. They weren't like terrible, but they were never memorable. Like if I if I think of Halo Three, if I think of uh, you know Halo Two, they the maps like Pit and uh, Hang 'em High and Valhalla and stuff comes to mind. Memorable maps that like played well that you have great memories of. Halo 5's maps, I don't know the names, and I've been playing Halo Five for like four years now. So it's it's very much they, they've kind of gone back to their roots, or they they've kind of like learned from the mistakes of Halo Five and the maps here. Uh, behemoth plays really well it is like more long range good for like capture the flag um big team battle also works well on there and then uh you have live fire which is like more close quarters um you have uh fragmentation is, is also a really good one and the takeaway here is that the maps are really great and i cannot wait to keep playing on them like it's like i'm itching to m- play more halo love the gameplay can't wait for campaign oh fucking shock rifle. I want to talk to you guys about the shock rifle. So there's a new gun that they've, uh, they've added in this flight, which is a sniper that has electricity beams going at people. So it's a two hit kill. I'm pretty sure it's a one hit snipe, but it also, uh, if somebody's close to the person you're hitting damage will like the electricity will flow from that person to the other person. So theoretically you can get a double kill if the two people are like hunched together and you're just shooting one person because the electricity is going to the other person. Uh, it also works well against vehicles. It kind of like disables vehicles if you hit them twice. So there were moments where I've been, uh, I was chased by a ghost, but I had the shock rifle and I was able to like disable it enough to like go ahead and hijack it. And then there's also the repulsor, which is a new uh, equipment that's in this flight. I think you guys remember when they showed the first multiplayer trailer, they showed like a plasma rifle energy shot coming at somebody and the person used a repulsor to like reflect it back at them. And I'm like, that's a very specific scenario where you can use that equipment. I'm like, I can't believe they made an equipment just for that one scenario. But it's also, it, it just repulses anything. If a warthog is coming at you, you can use the repulsor to f- make the warthog fly off the map if you're close enough. And uh, it also works against people or like if they throw a frag grenade near you, y- if you don't have enough time to get away, use your repulsor and it like makes it fly back against somebody. So I'm really liking all the equipment that they're doing. Just overall, it's so much fun to play and I cannot wait for Halo Infinite to come out December 8th. But yeah, I'm having so much fun with it. Uh, my brother's over this weekend, so I was playing with him. I'm really excited to to play some more. Halo is back. So I, I kind of you know was all over the place and talked about all of that, but the takeaway is go play Deathloop, go play Psychonauts, do not play Jet, <laughs> but play Halo Infinite. <laughs> Rick, what have you been playing? It's been, uh, what, three weeks since our last pod? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. been a while. We waited for Chance, but he's still not here. I took that next week off. Um, just because Jordan, my wife was going back to work. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to play Mr. Mom for a week and I'm going to play a lot of video games, but no, I actually ended up watching way more movies. Um, just because like I can still maintain him. But as far as video games I have, I was able to sneak in. I did start Injustice. Um, that was free on Xbox Live Gold uh, a few months back. So started playing that. I did not get past the tutorial. 
because <laughs> the like the controls are just it's like press like up 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 down like left right and then like i try that but with the joystick it just every something misses and i think i got to the very end of the tutorial and it's like i'm beating the tutorial boss and it's like i just want to play a fucking fighting game but i have to do this one move fucking perfectly against superman like no fuck you i, I quit <laughs> and then i did a couple more hades runs because i love hades runs hades is a wonderful game and now that it's on game pass it's it's just magnificent. Everybody should play Hades. It's on Game Pass. It's on every system. Play Hades. Um, I also got curious and played some Man Eater, a shark game, also on Game Pass. I played like basically the introductory uh, before the game actually gets really started. And I got kind of bored with it, so then I played some Gears of War. I had a little bit of gaming ADD throughout this whole time because every time I did get the opportunity to play video games, I just went off the rails. Um, a little bit of Skyrim, but I did want to play Bioshock. I was really itching to play Bioshock after the last podcast. So I was able to find the Bioshock uh, like collection for about $9. It was like $9.99 on Xbox Store. So it worked out perfectly because I, like, I looked up the price and it was $50. And then like the next week I looked up the price and it was like $9. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'll do it. Targeted um, advertising. <laughs> exactly. So I beat Bioshock 1. Such a wonderful game. Really, really fun. If you're a fan of uh, Pipe Dream, it's the game for you. Like, probably once I'm done with this podcast, I am on the very last little bit of Bioshock 2. I actually kind of looked it up on IGN, and it's like, yeah, this is your this is the final stand of the game. And I'm like, okay, sweet. So, yeah, that'll happen tonight. I played some uh, Super Liminal, which is now on Game Pass. It's kind of a head trip game. I have a wonderful time playing it. Force it's a lot perspective, of fun. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely an adventure if you just want to just do something fun. Um, I picked up Alan Wake again. Kind of forgot how hard ammo is to find in that game. Got stuck. I threw it down. I said, fuck it. I'll pick it up again later. And I'm uh, playing um, Fable 3, which is also on Game Pass. I think uh, Alan Wake I actually have the disc for because Alan Wake, the PlayStation announcement, got me wanting to play it again. So then I picked up Fable 3 as far as... Games that I've beaten for my 360 under my last username that I haven't played on this new username. Fable 3 is one of them. It's a really fun game. It's hilarious. Um, I just love Fables. And last but not least, been playing this game for my PC called Deathloop. And so far, so fun. I've been enjoying it. Of course, like my, my gaming PC is a laptop. So this is like my first game that's like brand new like top of the line game running on this laptop and it looks fucking gorgeous but my laptop sounds like a playstation 4 <laughs> it so should i've been it should support dlss so make sure that's on because that should help keep it running smoothly i have no idea what that means but i'm going to take your advice thank you pat because i'm not used to this pc gaming stuff um so what i ended up doing is i took a couple of Link, my son, I took a few of his toys and placed them underneath my laptop to give it elevation to help the fan <laughs> nice. get some more air. <laughs> Pro gamer move right there. <laughs> Pro dad move. Yeah. But yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It actually reminds me a lot of Bioshock, which, you know, I'm already playing. So it's, yeah, I really enjoy it. It's just, uh, yeah, now to figure out how to make my PC slightly quieter. Uh, that's all I've been playing. Sorry, that was a lot, but I tried to keep it short for the kids. And especially since most of these games have been out for years and years and years <laughs> and everybody needs to play Hades. So Zach, what have you been playing FIFA? Uh, so I haven't played the new FIFA yet. I need to buy it. 
You can play 10 hours with EA Play, which you have because you have Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah, I know. I, I just, yeah, I don't know. There's, other, there's too many other games. FIFA is FIFA. It's not going to change. They don't give me online career mode, and that's really all I want right now. Oh, my God. He's growing, everyone. Like, no, I'm definitely going to get the game. It's going to happen. <laughs> God, and just like that. <laughs> I, I have no willpower, and I, and I have no growth. Like, what have I played? So I played Formula One, naturally. Played some Deathloop, uh, but then had to put that on the back burner because I've been playing a lot of Kenna. Because I'll be reviewing it, and that'll be out next week. I've been playing it as well. So basically, if you don't know, Kenna uh, is a game about Kena. Kenna, who is the or Kena? It's pronounced Kena in the game. It's Kenna for me. I'm pronouncing it Kenna. And her job as a spirit guide is to help spirits who are unsettled uh, pass on into the next phase of their their afterlife. The game visually is stunning, really like nature oriented. Um, it's all about finding like balance within nature and all that kind of stuff. Hence, why like these spirits are corrupted, they haven't found that that peace and stuff like that. Uh, the combat is more difficult than what I was expecting, uh, but it's very simplistic still, which I was Third. expecting a little bit more depth. Third person but, action game, not exactly open world. You do it's like you're exploring smaller. Yeah, it's it, the map isn't the map isn't terribly big. Um, it looks big when you actually pull up the map and look at it, but you traverse the area like very quickly. Because uh, like, there were times where I was sitting there, I was like, I, I was looking at the size of the map. I'm like, I hope they give me like a mount or something. This seems like it's going to take forever to get over here. But then you run for like 20 meters and you're like already like halfway up the map or whatever. So it's not terribly big. Um, but yeah, it's third person action. Gameplay, you have like it, a, a staff. You have a staff. Yeah, you have a staff a that. Bow. Yeah, and, and, and it's very basic combat stuff. Like, you don't have to worry about like hitting like any combo moves or anything like that. You just have like three different like melee moves you can do with the staff. Uh, same thing. You have like three different, um, different like archery styles you can use with the bow. Um, like different kinds of like arrows or something you can use. Like yeah, it's very basically. very basic RPG elements in terms of like upgrading. Uh, I think one mm. of the upgrades is literally like a a running light attack. Like she'll swipe. Yeah, and I'm like, and, then, and one that of the just one been of the other locked from the start. Like I don't know why you're making. Yeah, it one of the other ones is like a jumping slam attack. Yeah, it's like really really basic combat stuff, which is fine because I, the the emphasis on the game is in the story and. Uh, the combat is just like a medium in which to do things. What it lacks in like depth of combat, I think it makes up for in enemy variety and design. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what's really nice is that they don't like they in in the enemy variety they do a good job of like balancing when and how you see these enemies, uh, as opposed to just like like oh here's a wave of one kind and here's a wave of another. They do a good job of when the enemies spawn of having like interesting combinations of the enemy type. So, okay, I'm dealing with long range and short range enemies like simultaneously and had doing a good job of like balancing between those. Um, they have very specific like boss battle moments, which are very like, those are all the bosses that I've run into are different, which is really nice. All the mini boss battles that I've run into, like it's taken me a couple of tries to beat pretty mm -hmm. much all of them. Uh, very few that I've beaten like on the very first try, but even when I do right. beat them, it's like when I have like this much health left and for those yeah. of you like this end of this is an audio podcast, but my fingers are very close together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but it feels like I'm just barely making it with like the skin of my teeth, you know, which is good. I think I'm sure it's designed that way. Absolutely. And what's really nice is like with each like boss battle and each like mini boss battle, especially when you first meet the mini boss and it's like the first time you're dealing with them, there's like little uh, areas of the combat zone where there are like little flower pods that you can send your little goobers that Pat calls them. They're actually called rots, the little. Why the fuck are they called rot? It doesn't fucking make sense. Yeah. They take the rot away. <laughs> They're goobers. Exactly. So it's a much better so, name. So I, I do like the name goobers more than rots. So the little goobers that run around with you um, in those combat zones, you can send them to those flowers uh, mid-combat as like an really action nice. to regain health, which is really nice. And there's, there's but a that's set limited. There's like maybe two yeah. or three. Yeah, exactly. It's not like unlimited, which is really nice. You have to pick and choose your moments. What I really like is like how the, the rot like in each combat you have only a set amount of actions you can use with them. So you have like rot powered attacks that can really like deal damage, but you can only do those if you have the courage built up, which are like these little golden tokens that can fall off yeah. which of is, the main enemies. It's such an interesting, so, like, like it's not interesting, but it's like these rot goobers, they're goobers. These goobers are scared <laughs> yeah. of enemies, so they need the right. courage. But you to, yeah, you to, need to, to build up courage attack. to use them. So, like, yeah. okay, what are we, what are we gonna call this meter that you're gonna use to to do the attacks with the goobers? Courage. Why not? You got courage. it right there. <laughs> right, right. What you said right there. That's it. We're not gonna think anymore. Uh, and, and I really love it. I, I I like the game a lot. It's really interesting. The story is like very touching. Uh, all the spirits like. That you're yeah, dealing with are when it's a cutscene. It's, it's very basically a Pixar movie. Yeah, it's beautiful. Ember Labs' history is as animation studio. Like they've done, they did that right. fan film for Majora's Mask. Um, they've done like you know different animation things for different movies and stuff, and it definitely shows in this game. And I think they've combined that with a very competent first game. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep learning from this, I think, and their next game is going to be fucking phenomenal, I bet. So Yeah, I think I think so far with the game, given what it is, I think they've done a very good job. Uh, I will say some things that I, I'm not a fan of, which I will touch on in the review. When you collect the rot, it's really quick, but like you collect so many of them, I don't need like the little close-up of me seeing the rot as I collect it. C- couldn't disagree with you more. Really? I fucking love the little really? goobers, man. <laughs> I know you love the little goobers. I don't need that every time. What's really what's really fun is for the for the goobers cuz you're you're going to amass a lot of them. Like you're going to have like 50 of them running around with you. You can find throughout the map and they're really easy to find. There's chests and little lanterns that are glowing blue and if you unlock them or hit them or whatever you get like these diamonds that pop out. And the only thing you can use the diamonds for is to go to a hat cart and buy your little goobers hats. And it's adorable. <laughs> I have like 15 Which, goobers running around with birthday hats on. I'm perfectly fine it's with hilarious. that. You know, I'm perfectly fine no, with it's great. for making but, us buy hats to with the currency. But then when you find a chest that has a hat in it, you now have to buy that hat. You're only unlocking yeah, the ability to buy that hat. I'm like, no. It. But just like, give me the hat or just let like, me buy it. But from it's the so easy Don't... to it's so easy to gain diamonds. They're everywhere. Yeah, They're but still. everywhere. <laughs> I understand your point. But um no, but it's like because like it rewards your exploration. So all you're doing is unlocking it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you just have to go buy it. 
um, for each spirit um, that you uh, like, like each primary spirit, which is a part of the story that you uh, decorrupt, essentially that you find peace, that you help along into the afterlife, um, you gain like a story hat for that that you can put on the goobers, and those are limited, so you get like one for whichever beats those were. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was like really interesting. Uh, the combat again is is simple. Um, but with the variety is effective. The story is like really heartwarming and really touching so far. Like the first, the first spirit that you help move on to the afterlife, I was like tearing up. I was like, oh, this is the Pixar movie in me where it's just like really tugging at the heartstrings here. Um, so that was really good. But yeah, uh, I'll be reviewing the game, so I'll be going way more in depth with that. So that'll be happening next week. Um, yeah, that's basically that's basically it. That's all I've been playing. What's the news? What's the news? Not slow news. So not slow news. All right. So first thing, Sony bought Bluepoint and technically, I don't know how to pronounce that. Is it Fibric? Fibric? Uh, Fabric, I believe. Fabric. Uh, and then, yeah. So so they bought Bluepoint. They finally put a ring on it, which, you know, it was like two months back. They had that. Yeah. Somebody leaked yeah. the image and they're like, no, yeah. that was... We didn't mean that at all. That's not happening. And people are like, you don't just make that that graphic for nothing. <laughs> Come on, Sony. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I'm so sure that happened. Back dealings and contract signings and stuff that they had to do before they could officially say. But yeah. Yeah. So Sony bought Bluepoint and Fabric, Fabrique, Fabrice Games, whatever the hell you call it. So Fabrique was technically acquired by Firespite, which they bought. Is it Firespite? Firestick. TV, Amazon. Fire Sprite. So they bought Fire Sprite a while back, and Fire Sprite now acquired Fabrique. So Sony is now acquiring studios that in turn are also acquiring studios. So they're they're kind of like on a on a spending spree. I'm I'm assuming Fabrique was already in talks to be bought by Fire Sprite, and then Sony bought them while that was going on. So this is just like that deal finally going into play. After Fire Sprite, Fire Sprite has been bought, but I think now that makes that uh, that studio have like 200 employees, so a relatively large studio, and they're known to work on like VR games. So Sony's probably ramping up and like, hey, we don't want our first parties who who are known to do these like AAA PS5 games to also do VR projects on the side when that that's not their like specialty. So I think they're just adding to their stable to kind of beef up the lineup for PSVR 2 because that's supposed to come out next year. Who knows if that happens with the pandemic, but they're definitely wanting to kind of go go hard into VR this generation, I think. Um, and then, yeah, Bluepoint is just... Uh, the interesting thing about them buying Bluepoint is that they said Bluepoint is now going to be working on an original IP as opposed to just doing remakes, which is what they've been doing for a while. So... What are you guys' thoughts on that? Honestly, like, I was like, you sent the whole, like, oh, Sony's buying Bluepoint. And I looked up Bluepoint, and I'm like, well, no shit. Like, yeah. look at all the like like all the games. It was like, oh, yeah, Shadow of the Colossus, like, remaster, and, like, Nathan Drake collection, and shit like that. I'm like, oh, all right, who would have thought? Huh. <laughs> yeah, and that's why, like, Sony's acquisitions are never, like, super surprising because it's like somebody they've already had a relationship with yeah so they bought housemark recently and that's someone that they've like had a relationship for with years so it's like okay cool this doesn't change anything for the consumer 
you were making games for PlayStation, you're going to keep making games for PlayStation. But when Microsoft buys a studio, it's like, holy fuck, they just bought Ninja Theory. Holy fuck, they bought a publisher. And it's <laughs> they like... They bought Bethesda. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like an immediate... Uh, benefit to the consumer because now you're like okay all those games are coming to game pass now and then anything that they make in the future is also coming to game pass but with like you know blue point they bought blue point but you know five years from now we'll get a game from blue point like that that's not really immediate good news for the consumer but still blue point has job security now so that's good i guess all right Night School. Yeah, so um, Netflix acquired Night School Studios. Uh, for those of you who don't know, their debut game was Oxenfree. This kind of puts a, a spanner in the works. If uh, Oxenfree 2 can't get onto Game Pass, that would be a huge bummer. Yeah, so Oxenfree 1 eventually made it to Game Pass. It wasn't like at launch, but their second game... Uh, after party after, after party. party made it to game pass like it launched on game pass so uh i was under the impression they have a good working relationship and oxen free 2 would come to game pass whenever it came out i don't think that'll be the case anymore with netflix being the owner of them but who knows maybe it'll come to your netflix sub- subscription yeah do you, do you think at some point it might come out like just eventually for game pass Maybe if there was already like a deal in place before Netflix bought them, I, I don't think you know Netflix would have to pay a shit ton of money for be- breach of contract to negate that. That's why you're seeing like the 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 Death Loop and the Ghostwire Tokyo dealings before Bethesda was bought still happening. But I don't know. It depends on how 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 far into the talks that they were. I, I'm hoping it would still come. But either way, I'm if it's not going to be on Game Pass. It'll probably be like a $15, $20 game. I'm still going to buy it and play it because I fucking mm-hmm. loved Oxygen Free 1. Oxygen Free 1 was so good. Yeah. Oxygen Free um, 1 was amazing. What What are you guys' thoughts on like Netflix coming into gaming kind of strong with a, an acquisition like this? I'm well, excited to see what happens. Being inevitable with the um, whatever it was called way back, the Black Mirror. Oh, um, Bandersnatch. 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 Yeah. So we talked about them like that was like 2018. Them, them kind of getting into the gaming scene. Wow, 2018. That, that's that so long, long ago. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we talked about it back then about them potentially getting into kind of the gaming scene and what that could mean for them. Because um, it was like very like gaming light, obviously. Um, yeah. I mean, that was more of an interactive movie. Uh, Oxenfree right. is like it's, it's a game. It's a full blown game. Yeah, it's a game. So. But so it's interesting that like well well oxen free for and night school for it makes sense because it's a narrative based game exactly right? that's yeah exactly like for a studio that's primarily done narrative based games um, in oxen free and in after party it makes sense for Netflix to acquire somebody like them it, it's interesting to see them actually just go full blown into the gaming route now yeah. what I don't know what that'll mean for like development of the game I'm obviously it's not like, another stadia thing where they they, they right, acquired studios yeah. they created new studios but you know a lot of those are just defunct now and you know we saw like uh they had a deal with uh was it amy henning was supposed to work on a stadia game and then stadia just fucking crashed and burned so <laughs> yeah yeah so hopefully it's something that it's primarily like a funding thing 
and they just make money off of it, and that's basically how that's occurring. Yeah, acquisitions. Yeah, we will see. Consolidation in the gaming industry is, is definitely a thing. So I'm sure we're going to see more more studios getting bought here. There's rumors swirling every day about Microsoft buying more studios. So we'll see what happens. Uh, the initiative is working with Crystal Dynamics for our On Perfect Dark. Yeah, so this was kind of a weird... It just went out in a tweet, and they're like, uh, we just want to announce that Crystal Dynamics is helping us on Perfect Dark. And people are like, wait, what's going on? Is this game in trouble? Do you, you guys need help? And uh, one of the jo- one of the first jokes on this tweet that I saw was, because remember when uh, Microsoft uh, announced Initiative, they're like, this is our quadruple-A studio, and it's going to be making like you know really high-quality games and all that stuff. And people are like, wait, so... This quadruple A studio is getting help from this triple A studio. So Perfect Dark is going to be a uh, septil A game, yeah. Uh, so, but seven think, A's. Yeah, I think this is just like they're, they're probably you know behind schedule because they were in the midst of building up this team, getting an engine and everything in place before they could actually go into full production on this game. Then the pandemic hit, so they're probably behind schedule. And the uh, the director, um, I forget his name, Daryl Gallagher, who's the uh, the studio head of the initiative, he was formerly working at Crystal Dynamics. So I'm thinking this is just, hey, I know we're behind um, schedule. I know kind of how Crystal Dynamics works. I have a good working relationship with them. Why don't we partner up with them? They can help us make sure this game doesn't take another three, four years before we're ready to launch. We can kind of move up that timeline, and I'm sure uh, Square, who owns Crystal Dynamics right now, uh, they're probably like, "Hey, you know, your last game kind of underwhelmed in terms of revenue, the event like Avengers," and they've also publicly said, "We we never think we've made enough money for like Tomb Raider or whatever." So they're probably like, "Yeah, sure, let's make a deal with Microsoft. This will get some." revenue in while you're still working on Avengers because that hasn't recouped what we thought it would recoup. So I think it's just like a win-win for both and it's like an easy I know how this team works and I know the people and I think there'd be a good fit. So let's do it. Yeah. So not really something. I don't think you need to be worried about Perfect Dark. This is just going to help get Perfect Dark out quicker. Uh, So Konami is bringing back Silent Hill, Metal Gear and Castlevania. Yes. Rumors are swirling for a really long time. Um, and then this is just the most recent report that they're going to bring it back. They're going to remake some of these and get new games in some of these franchises. Uh, we already know, like the, the rumor for a long time was that blue point was working on a remake of metal gear with like Sony and all that stuff. But with them just being bought by Sony, them saying they're working on original IP. I don't think that's the case. They're, they're clearly not working on metal gear. So, I'm sure somebody is. I don't know who. Maybe Konami's doing their own internal teams. Maybe they've partnered up with somebody. I do think Silent Hill is definitely being worked on by Bloober Team because we've kind of had like the composer dropped a couple of hints way back. They, they've talked about that they're working on uh, a very, uh, what was it, like a couple of months ago. They're like, yeah, we're working on a very high prolific horror game. And people are like, oh, is it? silent hill and they're like we don't we can't tell you (laughs) so (laughs) i think that's definitely uh one of the ones that they're working on and castlevania we've we've seen 
just announced at the Nintendo Direct. We'll talk about it here in a second. Uh, the Castlevania Collection just released. So I think it's just Konami being like, hey, uh, we've been kind of focusing on pachinko machines and like the gambling side of our business, but there's a pandemic going on. We can't rely on those for like the long term right now. We do have these IP just sitting here collecting dust. Let's try and get some money off of them. So you're probably going to see a collection of Silent Hill games and Metal Gear games come out soon as well, I think. Yeah, and all honesty, like right now you can pretty easily get, you know, Silent Hills 2 and 3 remastered or like at least HD and Metal Gears 2 and 3 HD. I think, um, yeah, they're definitely going to try to build like at least get the original or Metal Gear Solid original and uh, the original Silent Hill in it on that too and probably HD them up. I'm not too sure if they really have the uh, backbone to really like kind of revamp these. I know Kojima's off doing his own thing um, for Metal Gear and Silent Hill's kind of gone down that Silent Hill in the past hell, decade. So yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. I know like when I when people say Konami, these are the series that I think of. And honestly, I can't really think of a really great one that has come out in a while uh, for any of these IPs. So yeah, uh, it's just a good strategy. Like, hey, re-release your old games. That's going to garner like, you know, attention and stuff to the franchise, to the IP. So when you do make the new game, you know, it's it's an easier investment because you've already made money from the back catalog, so to speak. Much easier to remaster than it is to make a new game. Either way, I'm excited. I love Silent Hill. I love Metal Gear. And then we had mentioned uh, Bloober Team uh, with Silent Hill, and, uh, and apparently they're also bringing back Layers of Fear also. Now, what is Layers of Fear? Layers of Fear is Bloober Team's like horror franchise, like their original IP horror franchise, before they kind of went into like the license route. Um, it is a first-person psychological horror game, Layers of Fear 1, where this uh, artist is trying to work on his like you know final masterpiece, and he's kind of exploring his house and he's like in his own head and you know the the, the toll that takes on his like mental health and all of that uh kind of comes into play uh i really really enjoy the first layers of fear i have not played the second one yet but i've heard good things about it it is on my list probably gonna play it spooktober yeah it's just something that they they kind of originally gained fame with because it was like a, a good horror franchise that was like original when when that wasn't very uh common so they're they're just saying they're bringing back layers of fear. There's going to be another one. I think it's going to be a brand new story. It's just taking that psychological first person horror aspect of uh, the second one is about a guy who's uh, filming. He's an actor and he's been called to film this movie on this like cruise ship and all the crazy stuff that's happening there. So I'm, I'm sure this is going to be another character who's also like an artist in some form doing something when psychological horror stuff is happening. Uh, they did show off a, a, like a tech demo in Unreal Engine 5. Looks great. Um, I can't see, I can't wait to, to see what the final product looks like. Besides the Layers of Fear 3 announcement, uh, they also reiterated that they have two unannounced AAA games in development. So here's where I think, yeah, one of them is Silent Hill. Um, and I think one of them is Medium 2. So now we have... Uh, Layers of th- layers of fear three in the mix. So. Wouldn't the next step up from medium be hard? <laughs> How long have you had that one in the holster? <laughs> Honestly, not long. I'm My a dad God. now. <laughs> they That's flow. Horrible. That's horrible. 
So diving into our topic of show. So the Nintendo Direct happened back on September 23rd. And uh, we haven't been able to talk about it because we were waiting for Chance and it never showed up. So now we have another, or now we have an opportunity to talk about it. So we're just going to dive right in and kind of go through a majority of what was in the of what was in the direct, if there's anything that we didn't think was super important, well, we left it out and you're not going to be hearing about it. Uh, so I didn't put it in chronological order of the direct. I put it in the order. This is not. I put it in the order of our good friend, uh, Adam Bankhurst from IGN uh, of his recap. So except for the uh, Mario stuff that I put at the very end uh, with the cast and crew um, and all that stuff. Uh, so to dive into the Nintendo Direct, we'll start with uh, one of Pat's predictions, actually, that he made like on a whim uh, prior to the Direct, which was that we would get a new Kirby IP, a new Kirby game, and we did, uh, in Kirby and the Forgotten Land. So it's a new 3D adventure for Kirby, and this will be launching on Switch in spring of 2022. Uh, it, it, takes, uh, it takes place in the Forgotten Land. Uh, it's vast open spaces of an abandoned civilization, but it's like modern day stuff. It looks like a mall uh, where it like kind of first opens up, um, and they, they. It's the world of Last of Us. Is what it is. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> it's the world of Last so, of Us so with overgrown shit. I am not even kidding. When it first popped up, I was like, "This is like a much cartoonier version of the Last of Us right now." Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, what is happening?" And then Kirby just washes up on Charles. Like Kirby, <laughs> I was so excited. Um, yeah, so it takes place, it's an abandoned modern-day civilization uh, with enemies both new and familiar. So if you're familiar with the Kirby games at all, uh, you will see many enemies that um, are indicative of Kirby games, and you'll also see some new ones. Uh, with your typical Kirby action, you know, his flying, his puffiness, his ability to uh, take enemies swallow. And, and suck them in and swallow them and then take on their abilities, uh, there's really no not weird way to say he's swallowing people. Uh, so <laughs> we're just going to have to kind of go about so, it. This is the first like full 3D Kirby game, right? The other ones have just been like 2.5D like side-scrolling. I believe so. Like yeah. and every Kirby game that I've ever played has been side-scrolling. That being said, every Kirby game I've ever played was on like Game Boy Advance or Game Boy Advance SP. Um, so I think this is a direct result of like the success of Super Mario Odyssey. They're like, right. okay, yep. let's give everyone 3D, 3D games game from like now on. Uh, so we'll see how it works for Kirby. Uh, it looks it looks great. It looks visually like solid. It looks like a, really a fun Kirby game. Um, Kirby Kirby is adorable. I love Kirby. It's like one of my favorite video game franchises ever. So I'll be, I'm very excited. Uh, and to... And as if spring of 2022 wasn't packed enough already, that is when this game will be releasing. It will be in the spring of 2022, uh, hopefully, barring any sort of uh, delays or anything like that. Now, I just think it'd be pretty sweet if you like in this Kirby game, you start off on this beach and, you know, you get a bunch of friends and you start making like pipe bombs and explosive arrows. (laughs) And then like a few people get shot in the fucking head and then like. (laughs) You get a surprise, like, M, uh, MPAA rating just in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. And it t- kind of takes, like, a conquer route. <laughs> what would you call that game? Would it be The Last of Kirby? The Kirby of I, Us. I would like to say The, the Kirby of Us. <laughs> the Kirby of Us. <laughs> okay. Ooh, he could Kirby stomp people. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
All right. Well, that would be a hell of a crossover. <laughs> Moving on from that, uh, so they announced this Nintendo the Nintendo Switch Online update with the expansion pack. Uh, so Nintendo Switch Online is going. They're be doing an expansion pass for a service. <laughs> Someone stop Nintendo. <laughs> so. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online is getting an update, uh, which will... Has it already happened? Because it's we're in October. Has no, it it's, it's going to come soon. They, they haven't even announced pricing for it. Okay. They're just like, it'll cost more. We're, we don't, <laughs> we don't want to tell you how much more because it's going to be a lot. So, so very, very, <laughs> very, very, very Nintendo of them, as Pat alluded to, they need to be stopped. Uh, they are going to make us pay more for stuff that we should have already had for free anyway. Um, but yes, yeah, so this Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack is getting an update this month, hopefully, uh, which will include Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games. Uh, so the current slate of games that are set to launch for Nintendo 64 with this expansion are Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, Sin and Punishment, Dr. Mario 64, Mario Tennis 64, Win Back, and Yoshi's Story. And then the Sega Genesis games that are launching uh, when the service launches uh, are Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Streets of Rage 2, Echo the Dolphin, Castlevania Bloodlines, uh, Contra Hardcore, uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, say that five times fast, uh, Golden Axe, uh, Gunstar Heroes, Musha, Fantasy Star 4, Rystar, Shining Force, Shinobi 3, The Return of the Ninja Master, and Strider. And then they did show uh, future games that will be coming for Sega Genesis and Nintendo 64. I didn't list the Sega Genesis games, but the Nintendo 64 games that will be coming out in the future because I thought these were more important. Uh, Banjo-Kazooie, Pokemon Snap, uh, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, uh, Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards, Mario Golf, Paper Mario, that's big time, uh, and F-Zero X. All right, so they clearly have been in talks with Microsoft because Rare is owned by Microsoft to get Banjo-Kazooie on here, right? Yeah, it has to be. So Perfect Dark, I'm assuming, is probably going to be in the mix. They wouldn't Golden just Eye. get Banjo-Kazooie, right? Yeah, Perfect Dark and GoldenEye should be right behind. Yeah. Yeah. So. Conker's Bad Fur Day. GoldenEye, I could see like the... Uh, Whoever owns the James Bond IP maybe playing hardball with them. Right. First of all, what do you think this is going to cost? Second of all, is this going to get you to subscribe to the next tier? I'm, I'll, I'll start off. I'm going to say, I'm going to guess it, hopefully just $10 a month, not in addition to the $5 a month we're already paying or like $4. It's like 20 bucks um, a year, right? You're on the year subscription, I'm assuming. I think I'm on monthly. Switch to the year. It's twenty bucks a year. Okay, and this will probably bucks. be like I'm assuming like fifty bucks a year. Uh, I can see that. I can see that. Which is still, in my opinion, not worth it. Like I bought yeah. one of those little like off-brand uh, Sega Genesis consoles that has like all the games preloaded on it, and most of these were on there, and it works perfectly fine. I don't need it. I also have a. Uh, 3ds so i have my zeldas which are very important to me like i don't need to play ocarina of time on my switch if they gave me that option for like the four bucks a month i'm paying right now awesome um or if i could buy it like one time buy for ten dollars i'd totally do that hell i'd pay 20 but 
for a, like a reoccurring cost for this. They're not really giving us a, a lot of the stuff we can play on other, like, you know, we already have a Mario Kart for the Switch. I guess the Nostalgia of 64 is cool. Like, who really gives a fuck about Winback? Um, like, Dr. Mario? What the fuck? We already have that on the uh, NES one. I guess 64 is probably different. I never played it. Um, Mario Golf, like, Pokemon Snap. A lot of these we have better versions for for the Switch. So, if it's the right price, I'll go for it, but... As of right now, if I have to pay extra, like that much extra, no, it all depends on the price point. And I think this was kind of like a, a bait. They're like, oh yeah, boom, Ocarina of Time for your Switch. And it's going to be like, oh sweet. And they're like, hell, if it's $15 a month, like same as Game Pass, I'll just straight up tell them to go fuck themselves. Yeah, see, like the thing for me is like, it's tough to make me go back and like pay monthly or whatever for something, for games that I've already played before in my life. Well, that's the thing. That, that's what makes it tough. No, I do. I, I do that all the time. I do that all the time with Game Pass. Fuck, I'm playing Fable Three and Alan Wake. But, but, no, 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 but <laughs> yeah, that's, but that's, that's just because that's such a good deal. Yeah, that's different though because Game Pass is it's not just about the past games. You're also getting all the um, new new games, games day of at launch. Like so, like Game Pass makes it worth it because you have a nice balance there between the two. But like for Nintendo yeah. Switch Online, I you, like. It, it, it wasn't worth it for me initially and just adding games that I've already played that like, again, like I'm not going to, it's not like I'm rekindling like the feeling I had the first time I played these games. I've played them before multiple times. So it's like, do I want to yeah. pay more for games I've already played and know the feeling of not particularly. And also if you're going to be charging, you know, the same price as maybe uh, uh, Xbox live gold or PlayStation plus for this service, you better have a feature parity with those services as well. It can't just be you're giving me these extra games. It has to be now we have voice chat in all these games on the console as opposed to a separate app you have to use. Right. Uh, I better not have, you know, fucking terrible connection playing Smash online because, you know, we're only paying $20 a month. It's a cheaper service. That's not going to fly anymore because now it is a, a higher tier service. You're, you should be providing higher tier you know, service features with that. So um, I, I don't know if Nintendo thinks that that is a necessity, but I, I definitely think it's something, you know, they need to do. Uh, I, I will not subscribe to this based on just these games, you know, maybe later yeah. on when they add like Majora's Mask and like all the N64 games, like WWE No Mercy. Uh, if they add that, maybe I'll think about it. Uh, but well, if Nintendo listens to us, which, uh, as history has said, they, they really do listen to us at TugPod. Um, thank you yep. for Paper Mario. Yep. If they make it like $6 a month, because like monthly services are like three ninety nine, which for me is worth it for the SNES collection, the NES collection. Like, fuck yeah, I'll pay that all the time. Um, but if, say, if they bump it up to like 6 I'd do it. Anything more than that, it's just kind of pushing it. So Nintendo... Help out. So what do you guys think it's going to cost? I think it'll be either 10 bucks a month or 40 bucks a year. Cause it's right now it's like five bucks a month and 20 bucks a year. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think they'll still keep that, those options cause they want people for the long haul. So uh, yeah, that's what I'm going 10 bucks a month or 40 bucks a year. Just double of what they have right now. Yeah. I'd pay 40 bucks a year. Zach. Would I pay forty bucks a year for that? No, I don't think so. 
I, I wouldn't personally. Okay, so correction, three ninety nine a month, and for uh twelve month subscription, it is twenty dollars. Oh shit! I'll just go buy a twelve month subscription. Jesus Christ! Kind of more stuff in regards to that with the expansion, uh, with these. Oh wait, before we move on, so if in nineteen eighty eight someone told you, you know, thirty four years from now, because this is twenty twenty two, I'm ex- expecting it to happen, right? Oh yeah. Uh, if if uh, 34 years from now, <laughs> Nintendo's rival console will be available as a expansion pass to their online service on their console. Uh, how crazy is that? How crazy is that the world we're living in right yeah, now? That's nuts. Can you, if 30 years from now, if PlayStation 5 is available as a, an add-on pass. to Game Pass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> The entire console. <laughs> the entire console. <laughs> like, yeah. That is an absolute right. madness. I, I will I will do a 35-year pizza bet with somebody. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. At that point, I'll just buy you a I'll, pizza. Goddamn. Like, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll be almost 70. Rick will be on his deathbed, and Pat will walk up to him like, you owe me for this pizza. <laughs> Yeah, at that point, he'll just have dementia. I'll be like, hey, man, remember that pizza bet we made? <laughs> Pat will come in like, I'm, Pat will come in like, I'm here to collect. <laughs> like, every, 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 like, Monday afternoon, Pat would be like, hey, Rick. Well, hey, Pat, remember that pizza bet? <laughs> see, see, the worst thing is, the worst thing is, is that Pat would do that. He's that heartless. He would take advantage <laughs> of your dementia that the, way. <laughs> am I that heartless or am I just that? good of a friend that i would spend every monday with him eating pizza and talking about i would forget that he's vegetarian (laughs) god damn it (laughs) Uh, 35 years from now rick has passed away and i'm gonna come (laughs) talk to link i'm like hey your dad made a pizza bed 35 (laughs) years ago (laughs) and you owe me pizza (laughs) oh my god anyway anyway uh kind of adding on to what the uh with this Nintendo Switch Online expansion stuff, uh, Switch Online members will be able to pre-order the Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis controllers for the Switch. So they're basically just remaking the controllers, making them wireless. So for those of you who want to play those games with the original controllers, you can basically go ahead and do so. They did the same thing with the NES Online. When that popped up, you could pay $50 for two NES controllers that were wireless. There were cheaper third-party options. Yeah. Just go that route. Uh, moving on. We got look at gameplay of Bayonetta 3 four years after it was revealed. And it is a very stylish trailer. Got a lot of action and lots of things that fans can expect from the game as well as new abilities. And one that particularly allows Bayonetta, Bayonetta to control demons. We got a 2022 release window. Uh, so I don't know if I don't know who drafted it in our fantasy draft. Um, we had cut, we I had it, but I had dropped it a while. I was about to say, I know you dropped it like way back when, when it became very evident it wasn't coming out this year. Uh, but we had 2022 release window for that. I'm glad they finally gave us details on Bayonetta 3 because uh, at one point, people kept asking the director of the game, like when he was doing interviews for other stuff, like, hey, where's Bayonetta 3? Where's Bayonetta 3? At one point this year, earlier this year, he's like, you know what? Maybe you guys should just forget about Bayonetta 3. That way, when you guys do get news on it, it'll be a nice surprise <laughs> instead of you constantly hounding me for information. <laughs> so, funny that like finally got information. Yeah, it's nice that we finally got info. Like, the gameplay they showed looked look good. Uh, speaking of another 
game in a trilogy. We got gameplay of Splatoon 3, and they showed off gameplay of their uh, Return of the Mammalians, a single-player campaign. Uh, there wasn't an update to the 2022 release window, um, so we that's basically all we know is that it's just a 2022 release date, uh, but no other information um, aside from that. Somewhere Chance got really happy watching I'm sure that. Chance was very excited. I know he's been talking about the Splatoon games uh, before and frequently, and I know he's been waiting for... All he talks about. It's almost all he talks about. You're right. (laughs) Uh, Going on from there, uh, they started the they started the direct with just a very quick uh, announcement of the expansion of Monster Hunter Rise. So it's the Sunbreak expansion pack that is coming out uh, in the summer of 2022. Uh, It'll have newly added stories, locales, monsters, and a new uh, newly added hunting actions and a quest rank. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate will have their final DLC fighter revealed on October fifth. Uh, so, well, this will be the day after uh, we release this. So, if you're listening to it on Monday, it's releasing tomorrow. Uh, the presentation will be at 10 a.m. Eastern time, and it is the final uh, Mr. Sakurai presents. And this will be the end of all major updates to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, in which any case, guesses on who it is? Yeah, I, I, my guess is it's going to be a disappointment to everybody. <laughs> I could totally see that. See, like, I was, which which fi- which Fire Emblem character is going to be? I totally, I was with you because I thought they were going to announce it here, and I thought it was going to be a Fire Emblem character. But the fact that they're raising expectations by making it its own event or something, I think it'll be someone you know that is like really impressive. That it's going to be fucking Birdo. Maybe it's Master Chief. Who knows? The biggest disappointment, if it was Master Chief, is the fact that I cannot find my copy of Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, that is a, that is a disappointment. This is why you should buy games digitally for this very reason. Uh, Animal Crossing will be getting their own direct. So, Animal Crossing: New Horizons will have its own dedicated direct in October. They also announced new DLC for both uh, Mario Super Mario or Mario Golf Super Rush, mm-hmm. and then Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. So uh, the Super Rush is going to include Koopa Troopa and Ninji. Ninji, yeah. Yeah, and that's that was available the day of the Direct. And then the Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity expansion pass content will release October 29th. No one cares about that. We're all waiting for Breath of the Wild. I know, Breath of the Wild fucking too. Um, but uh, they also released two new courses for free on Super Rush. Yeah. Aren't the characters so, for free as well? Yep, yep. Okay. But the two new courses I care a lot more about than the characters because, you know, the courses were great, but I think I don't think there were that many of them. There, there was like, like six, six or them. something. Yeah, yeah. you reviewed it. So you now there's have... eight. So yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So they just yeah. That's that's a it's a big thing. So I'm excited to pick it up and play them. But I've been busy. Uh, yeah. Staying on the topic of Mario. Uh, so the Mario Party Superstars uh, game got a new gameplay trailer, and they revealed new maps that will include classic boards from the Nintendo 64 Mario Party games. So we're getting uh, Woody Woods, Yoshi's Tropical Island, and Horrorland on there uh, as boards, and then we're also getting the Mount Mini Games uh, mini game mode, which will include a survival course and a co-op mode called Tag Match. I don't know if this was necessarily expected. I I was surprised when I saw this. So Knights of the Old Republic will be coming to Switch on November eleventh, twenty twenty one. Yeah. So this isn't the the remake that we heard about in the Sony press conference that is you know completely remade. This is the original just, just being on on Switch. And so my my thought process is 
they had this deal in place before. They they were just sitting on this direct or whatever. Right. And then Sony came out like, we're remaking <laughs> to the old Republic. And then Nintendo's just like, well, fuck, do we remove it? <laughs> like, right. They're like, no, it's coming out. We need to talk about it. <laughs> they're like, do we just take it out of the direct? <laughs> and they're like, no, we need to. We Like the marketing deal is you got to market this. They're like, fuck, this looks really bad, but let's just let's just move past it. Yeah, they, they, they just did it really quick. It was like one of the quickest, like for something that you would expect to be like really big news. They're just like, all right, just move on. <laughs> Get out of here. The best part is it's already it's, it's been available on Xbox forever for five dollars. Yeah, it's been on mobile for like three dollars at one point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The uh, on Switch though you can spend thirty on it. So. Right. <laughs> uh, the Castlevania Advanced Collection released on the day of the direct. Uh, so the collection features uh, the following four Castlevania games. So you got Circle of the Moon, Harmony of Dissonance, Aria of Sorrow, and Dracula x or 10 i'm not sure x okay <laughs> good to know project triangle yeah, strategy have... sorry go ahead what was that yeah project triangle strategy is just called triangle strategy now yeah which they did the same <laughs> thing with project octopath traveler <laughs> they just called it octopath <laughs> why i don't so octopath traveler good name like maybe it's just because i've heard it so much and i've played it it, it makes sense here Triangle Strategy is a bad name. <laughs> and I can only imagine somebody was coming up with like the, the marketing team is like, you know, we're not ready. We don't know what a good name is yet. Why don't you guys just use your internal project name and then we'll come up with something. And then, you know, marketing department finally meets with the the, the design team or whatever. And they're like, okay, we got the name. It's Kingdoms of whatever Sunshine Breaking or some shit. I don't know. I just said words. But, but they're like, no, it's... You know, we got all these documents. It's already Project Triangle Strategy. We're just going to remove the project. We're just going to call it Triangle Strategy. They're like, no, this, you guys, you can't keep doing this to us. God damn. Game looks great. You know, not, yeah. not taking anything away from the game. Game looks great. They finally announced the release date, March 4th, 2022. March is super crowded, but. I'm really excited for this. Yeah, what I what I like what I like most about it, really, you're I'm surprised you're excited for this. This didn't, this didn't look like a game I thought you'd be. Dude, excited. I fucking loved Octopath. Okay, okay. No, he loved Pro- he loved he loved Triangle Strategy. Yeah, I played the demo. I talked about it. Yeah, I know. I was just surprised when I looked at it. I just didn't think it would be a game that you'd be in. And I listened, Zach. You did not. What I do like about it is that they've taken a lot of the feedback from fans and stuff. And they've immediately implemented like the the fixes for it. So like like the primary things were having an adjusted difficulty option. So obviously the tiers of difficulty, um, and improvements to the on screen visual. So improvements to the user interface, uh, the ability to control the camera and like swing it around. Them yeah, that's huge because like, that. like the demos. I'm pretty sure the demo's still up. You can download it and play it. But it is like a grid based turn turn based combat system where you're moving characters in like a grid and then. They have different elevations, which affect different attacks and stuff. So just moving the camera to get like a full view of the battlefield is huge. So I'm really glad they're implementing that. Yep. And then uh, Metroid Dread, we got an extended story trailer. Uh, so we got to see a bit more about what's going on with Samus and, and what all she's going to be going through. I kind of just skipped through this trailer. I don't need to see any more. You've already sold me, Nintendo. So uh, the game. that is releasing October 8th. Um, uh, so Dying Light 2, Stay Human, the cloud version, and Dying Light Platinum Edition are coming to Switch. 
So Dying Light 2 is going to be on the Switch on February 4th, 2022 as a cloud version. Uh, the free demo is available to play on the same day. Uh, the Dying Light Platinum Edition will be available on Switch on October 19th of this year. Uh, okay. So, so don't buy this no, <laughs> to don't. play the cloud version on your Switch. <laughs> Do not buy this. On a 720p screen Do not on buy like this. one of the worst online services on a console ever. Get it on Stadia if you really want to play the cloud version. You have no other option. But if you have any of the other consoles, get it there and play it there yeah. or on PC. Absolutely. Uh, I second those those sentiments completely. We're moving on from that. Uh, Chocobo GP. So for those of you who like Final Fantasy and like racing <laughs> games, well, this is the game for you because this is just Final Fantasy Mario Kart. Uh, and it, I spelled launch. Chocobo GP stands for Chocobo Grand Prix. Yes. That launches in 2022. Disco Elysium, the final cut, uh, is coming to Switch on October 12th. Yeah. I know, Rick, you had been talking about Disco Elysium. I thought Disco this was Elysium. already on Switch. I thought it was, too. I know Rick was talking about Disco Elysium not too long ago. Have you beaten it? No, no, but still, just playing the game itself, like, I want to play, like, holy shit. I, need, I actually forced myself to take a break from this game, mainly because... Uh, Newborn child. Child care. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> back when he was, like, a little, like, potato and wouldn't move or anything, like, I would just stay. He'd be on my chest all night, and I'd just play Disco Elysium right, for, like, hours on end while my wife slept. I have to pay attention a little bit more. <laughs> it's a crazy game, and it's so much fun. And especially the uh, the Final Cut edition, where they actually have voice actors and everything. It's that's it's, huge. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Would this be a game that would just be easy to play on Switch? Would it just be like a good Switch game, or is it something? Similar yeah, it's not very graphically intensive, so I, I'm sure it'll run fine on the Switch. But also, uh, you could waste a lot of time on it. Which, like, as far as like the system that I love to waste time on, Switch is the one. Is my Switch. Yeah. Because, like, you could have TV on in the background and just being like... Of course, the best way to play this would be when it comes to Game Pass and you could play it on cloud or on your Xbox. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. But if you only have a Switch, then October 12th, get after it. I've heard nothing but amazing things about Disco Elysium. Uh, so, finally, the big, the, the, the other big news, the final big news of the Direct that we are going to be talking about is the announcement from Miyamoto-san of the Mario movie cast and the movie uh, with the release date. So, the movie is going to release... This was absolutely bonkers. The movie is going to release on December 21st, 2022. The cast is insane. So... Fucking Chris Pratt is playing Mario. Like, what the fuck? So he's... There's no way he's going to do an Italian accent, right? No, no. I don't think they're going to go the Italian route. I think they're kind of going to go more like the Lego movie route. Where it's just where Chris he's Pratt. Just, yeah. It's just Chris Pratt being Chris Pratt. And I think that's going to be fine. I, it just, it's so it's weird be to so me. Weird. Like the rest of these, the rest of these are weird in a good way. But right. this, I, I no, no, just so that's what I'm saying. I don't like, see it. As we go through the cast, it just feels right with each person, with the exception of Chris Pratt. So... Peach will be paid. But Charlie Day is also an Italian. But still, like that works. That's like the Luigi. He he exudes Luigi-ness. <laughs> but it'd be hard for like him to do an Italian accent without being racist. Yeah. Like even if he doesn't do an Italian accent, I'm saying like his he voice Luigi. makes like, sense for yeah. Luigi. So, yeah. So yeah. Because he's like the side character who's like, you know, never getting credit and kind of always like Right. You know, All right, so yeah. Charlie from <laughs> so, so Mario is Chris Pratt. Luigi is played by Charlie Day. Peach will be played by the lovely Anya Taylor Joy. For those of you who didn't see uh, Queen's Gambit, she's gonna kill it. 
Bowser will be played by Jack Black. That that's brilliant. That's that's amazing. This this next one I think is just as perfect. Toad will be played by Keegan Michael Key. I am expecting some immense sassiness coming out of Toad. Like this is going to be so good. Like Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. <laughs> Again, it just it, it just somehow sense. works. It makes sense. Like I I I'm seeing it happen. I'm like, yes, I see Donkey Kong in Seth Rogen. <laughs> like yeah. uh, and then you even have- Kevin Michael Richardson as Kamek. Again, it makes sense. <laughs> Who's Kevin Michael Richardson? Uh, you'll know him when you see him. He's in uh, a lot of stuff as like a side. Uh, also, uh, who's Kamek? Is he the wizard guy? Yeah. Okay. The one that comes in at the end of the Mario Party games and makes everything evil for like the last two turns or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I know him most from uh, Knights of Prosperity, which is an old Fox show that should not have been canceled in like 2002, but it was. Uh, but he's also the guy in Family Guy who's uh, the friend. The the bartender guy. Yeah, Jerome, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. And then uh, Cranky Kong will be played by Fred Armisen. Also, it's weird that Cranky Kong is in this movie. Yeah. And then... But, uh, all right. <laughs> and then Foreman, uh, Foreman Spike will be played by Sebastian Maniscalco. Uh, and then Charles Martinet... Who is mario from every game of mario yeah, yeah, yeah. is just playing special characters yeah so charles but not mario charles martinet will appear in the movie as special characters but will not do the voice that he is most renowned for which is just surprising as hell but you know it is what it is so someone you know, had a theory i think i'm gonna saw this on reddit the movie's premise is gonna be like they're gonna have live action at the beginning with all these people playing real like normal people in the real world and then they get sucked into the video game. It's kind of like that Jumanji game where they're they they're are all the people, so like it makes sense. The characters that yeah. You know, and um, uh, Charles Martinet is the real Mario who they meet at the end and helps them fix everything. I would that would that'd be amazing. I love that. Yeah. I, I, that I, would I, make I would. more sense with the Chris Pratt thing. But I I have a theory as well. Shoot, with Detective Pikachu, this is and, and Sonic. The Hedgehog movie. This is going to tie in into an MCU esque Smash Brothers universe. <laughs> I'd be fine with that. So, so now that we've run through the cast and everything, I I think it's going to be fantastic. I think it's going to be great. I'm going to love every second uh, of it's it. It's too early to tell. No. Yeah, I really don't mind Chris Pratt either. I think like with the way the character is going to be approached, I'd rather Chris Pratt than somebody like some white guy doing an Italian accent just for kicks. How about an actual italian american like who like a new jersey name one italian american actor <laughs> some dude from new jersey danny devito paul giamatti <laughs> fucking that paul giamatti makes so much that sense great. he just doesn't have the star power somebody on the fucking boardroom at you know nintendo when they're making this deal or i'm uh, probably wasn't nintendo it's probably hollywood but they're like hmm fucking mario how do we get star power to Mario. Al Pacino. <laughs> let's let's do Chris Pratt. Mario is one of the biggest names. Like he's household name. You don't need a huge star to play Mario. You could get any Italian, you know, off the street who can do their just own read lines. Just read the speak, man. Speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, it so. just it screams Hollywood trying to add star power to it when you don't need it in terms of the Mario. The rest of the casting I think makes sense, but yeah, the rest of the casting I think is great. Uh, but yeah, so that was basically everything from the Nintendo Direct with obviously the big news coming from the movie. Uh, 
what are your guys' thoughts on the direct as a whole? Uh, if you had to grade it, I guess, since we typically grade like the, the state of plays and the things of that nature. I'd say solid B. Um, there's definitely, you know, things that were good surprises. Like you had the Bayonetta 3 in there. The big news being Mario cast over here, um, which was surprising. Like, I'm not saying I agreed with it, but it was like a good surprise. Project Triangle Strategy, obviously a good showing there. Um, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, Disco Elysium, Knights of the Old Republic. You're getting all these like old games that are, you know, going to run on the Switch and stuff. So, yeah, I mean... Okay, not not amazing, not like a an E three level direct or anything, but not terrible. And obviously, the Nintendo Switch Online bringing N sixty four was a big thing there. Uh, I was expecting Silk Song to be here, but it wasn't, which sucks. But what are you gonna do, Rick? What's your grade? I, I would just give it a check, not a check plus, not a check minus, but a check. <laughs> All right. Like they they did what they were gonna do. This was like, indeed a direct. Yes. <laughs> Yes, this was very much so a direct. Uh, nothing really wowed me. Nothing was really over the top. They did stuff, but uh, they could have done more. And for like what they did, I like it's nice. And I'm like, once we figure out how much this whole like uh, N64 Genesis like plus subscription is going to cost, then we'll actually get. But it just kind of seemed like a bait and switch. It's like we're going to do this, and usually like they're like we're going to do this, and it's available right yeah. now. And they're like, well, this is going to cost a certain amount of money, but we don't know yet, and you don't know yet, but buy some controllers, why don't you? It's like, it will oh, cost cool money. Things. We know that much. <laughs> <laughs> More money than you're paying now. And it's yeah. like, oh, cool. So, yeah, just a, I guess a C plus. Zach? Yeah, I would I would probably give it a, uh, I, think, I think a B is fair. I think a B is fair. They had some, they had some good stuff. Something for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was a good balance for what they showed. Um, the Kirby, the Kirby news was awesome. I love that. That was probably my favorite thing from the. From oh the yeah, episode. I forgot. There's the Kirby. Game. So the, the the Kirby the Kirby game like really like to start that so early for me. I was like, oh my god, this is gonna be great. So yeah, really enjoyed that. No, the Kirby game is gonna suck. Wow. Get it? Because he sucks. Oh, oh, I get it. Because he sucks in. Yeah, son of a bitch. Clever. I'll give you that one. You, you got me going there. I was like, wait, wait, wait whoa, no. <laughs> Question for you guys. Do we think anybody is going to do another direct, another showcase, another uh, inside Xbox before Game Awards? Or do you think this is it for the rest of the year? I think this is it. Um, I think... There's definitely going to be something around the holidays, especially with Halo still coming out. And I'm not like, yeah, like I, I think there's going to be like something more from Xbox, maybe not from PlayStation, but there's good, definitely going to be something around the holidays to amp people up to spend money on the holidays. Yeah. Um, I, I could see Sony doing a direct, uh, they might do like a mini direct if they have, uh, I'm sure they have some indies coming out soon. Um, but I could see them doing like a small direct focus on like a single game or a couple of things here or there. I think Xbox is probably going to save their stuff for Game Awards. Yeah, like Game Awards is going to be. Because it's at the Microsoft Theater. Did we talk Wait. about that? No. So Game Awards is uh, Thursday, December 9th at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. And uh, Halo comes out December 8th. So obviously Halo is, is not is most likely not going to be, you know, considered for game of the year because uh, 
they have their cutoff of like November 15th. This happened with, uh, what happened last year? Um, Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. And then the year before that, it was, uh, oh, uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, yeah. 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 So obviously, Halo is going to miss the the cutoff for, to be considered for game of the year, but it will be considered for the Tuggies, the true measure of a good game. That's, that's everything from the directs. Subpar subtitles. Wow. <laughs> So subpar subtitles is a game we like to end the podcast with where we take the principle that game developers like naming their games with franchise colon subtitle. And that's S-U-B hyphen T-I-T-L-E. For example, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, So what I've done is I've taken a fake subtitle and I've intermixed it with a bunch of real subtitles. And it's our panel's job here to figure out which one is the fake one. Uh, We've been keeping score all year. Uh, I believe everyone is tied at 12. Mm -hmm. Yep, we are. Anybody's game. This might be an opportunity for Zach or Rick to pull ahead. Uh, let's see if they can do that. Everyone ready? Yes. All right. So, Fright of the Bumblebees, The Beast Inside, Guardian of the Realms, Revolt of the Beastmasters, and Realms of Revelation. So I'll say that again for everyone listening at home. Fright of the Bumblebees. The Beast Inside. Guardian of the Realms. Revolt of the Beastmasters. And Realms of Revelation. Zach, why don't you go first? Which one was D? D, Revolt of the Beastmasters. That just... What was... I'm going to go... A, fright of the bumblebeast. Fright of the bumblebees, yes. not beast. Bees. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just going with the beast. You're going with bumblebee. You say, you say bees. Yeah, bumblebees. Bees, not beast. Bees. bees? No. <laughs> no. Yep. I'm, I'm going with a fright of the bumblebees. Zach. So you have, you have like two, you have two realms ones in there. I do. Right. You have the uh, guardian of the realms and the. The realm of the realms of revelation. There's also the beast inside and revolt of the beastmasters. So there I goes your logic oh out the god. fucking window. <laughs> oh god. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the, the second realms one, I think. What was that? Realms of Revelation? Yeah, sure. Fuck it. Who cares? Which is E. Alright. So now, if that is the correct answer, we've already locked him in, you will get three points. Or you can choose to say that they're all real or that they're all fake. If you choose all real or all fake, you will get double the points for a total of six. Rick, what do you choose? All fake. Rick is saying all fake. Zach. I'm going to go all real. Zach is going all real. All right. We've locked those in. Everyone ready? Yeah. Yep. All right. Wallace and Gromit, Fright of the Bumblebees, real game. Uh, the Beast Inside, not a real game. Uh, Altered oh. Beast, Guardian of the Realms, real game. Hero Chronicles, Revolt of the Beastmasters, real game. Dragon Quest uh, Six, Realms of Revelation, real game. Damn. No one gets points. Feels, Yay. feels bad. 
This is pathetic. We've gotten 12 points in the entire year. Well, remember that one one week that was all Castlevania games, and I was the only person who knew about Castlevania, yeah, that apparently? Was, that was bullshit. <laughs> that's plot. Everyone knew that, that was plot. That's how I came back. I know. It's a bunch of horse shit. <laughs> I mean, you could be a real gamer, and then, you know. Oh, fuck off. Well. Like, well, everyone, thanks for listening. Remember, you can catch us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. You can reach us with any questions, comments, concerns, or tell Pat that we just don't listen to him regularly, I guess, uh, at the Untitled Gaming Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on all of our social media. So we're on Twitter at TugPod, on Instagram at TUG underscore POD. We are on Reddit at r slash TugPod, and on Facebook at the Untitled Gaming Podcast. And also check out our Twitch channel. We are at twitch.tv slash TugPod. And we also ask that you guys subscribe and leave us reviews. Five-star reviews for us. One-star review for every other podcast. I mean, you don't need to qualify that. Our human resources don't have anything to do with it. Our, our human resources are actually very busy right now, Zach, because of you. Because of me. Yeah. Our HR department oh, right, is working overtime. Seriously. It's not because of me. It's because of my friend who's a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> and Pat was sitting there like, don't alienate our fans. Cam doesn't even listen to our podcast. I can say that with confidence in this <laughs> podcast because Cam won't hear it. I know he won't. And the best part is, is if he does hear it, that means I'll know he's listening. <laughs>